executed by ripping out their hearts. Oh, wow, that's hardcore. Sounds Greek from Korea. It's Portuguese. Yep. And so if she made this up, then she did a lot of good research. So they're literally star-crossed. Uh, it sounds very real. Mm -hmm. And that's where the trick part is. Like mm -hmm. Sometimes when it gets too real, then it's a work of art. Hello and welcome to this episode of the I Should Have Known podcast, the trivia podcast that can't be trusted. Each week, our quiz master presents you with four big facts on a topic, but one of those facts is a lie. We are celebrating anti-Valentines for the month of February in protest of Valentine's Day. I don't know, just doing something a little different. So this week, your quiz master is me, Andy, and I'm going to be doing a Find the Fake episode of Star-Crossed Lovers. Mm. So I will be presenting you with four pairs of star-crossed lovers and their tragic stories. But one of these I have invented. So join our other hosts, Soups and Tanner, in trying to figure out which one it is. But before we get to that, let's start with our low-hanging fruit. I hope this one's truly low-hanging. All right. The phrase, star-crossed lovers, was coined in what English play? Romeo and Juliet. Yes. Yeah, by Shakespeare. Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare. It's actually line six of the play. The line six is, a pair of star-crossed lovers took their life. So this is in the prologue. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you for watching. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, Billy. Yeah. yeah. He basically gives you spoilers. He tells you what's going to happen in the play. Mm -hmm. And it's the first one to use this term. He coined mm -hmm. this phrase, as far as we know, star-crossed lovers, meaning that their stars they're supposed to write your fate they're misaligned or they're crossed or aligned in a way where these lovers can never actually be together mm -hmm. so star-crossed lovers are lovers who usually meet a tragic end like romeo and juliet mm -hmm. so these are kind of four romeos and juliets <laughs> okay. if you will nice. i tried to pick really various sources so okay we'll see are you ready yeah, yeah. break our hearts i will so star-crossed lovers number one lagos and rhodora Sounds Greek right off the bat. It is Greek. <laughs> I took some liberties there. Lagos and Rhodora are much more commonly known as the hare and the rhododendron. They come from one of Aesop's fables. Oh. So Lagos is Greek for hare and Rhodora is for rhododendron. So. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not the tortoise in the hare. It's the rhododendron in the hair. <laughs> yes. yeah. Different story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You might need to know some things about nature and plants for the story to make sense. Oh, okay. <laughs> tell you the story. Oh, no. Okay. Go for it. Because it's one of Aesop's fables. Yeah. So, you know, it mm -hmm. has a moral mm -hmm. and is based off the world. So Lagos loves eating roses, but roses have thorns. Mm. So when he sees Rhodora with her beautiful rose-like blooms, he falls in love. Praising her for her beauty... He gorges himself, but spares her beautiful flowers. Only too late does he learn that her bark is poisonous, and he dies among her leaves. Oh, no. She mourns as his body decays. Oh, no. Basically. And so what's the moral? Don't eat flowers? What do you think the moral is, Tanner? <laughs> Don't eat flowers. <laughs> so Aesop usually wrote like a line about right. the moral. The moral is beauty always has a downside. Ah, Yes. Also, I think it's probably anti-gluttony because like, <laughs> yeah. he like gorges himself. Mm, and dies. And dies, yeah. <laughs> so the idea that like, oh, here's a beautiful plant that I can eat and it's delicious without any downsides. There's no thorns. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Also, 
rhododendrons are actually poisonous to oh, rabbits. Hey, well, <laughs> what he was talking about. Okay, okay. So yeah, this hair <laughs> and rhododendron, Rhodora, mm-hmm. they're star-crossed. They hmm. could never be together. <laughs> yeah, so either Aesop really wrote that and it's real, or Andy wrote that and yeah. it's fake. Yeah, but I do remember reading Aesop's fables and not sure if I ever came across this one. Hmm. Okay. I mean, if you don't know, Aesop was a real dude and he lived in the first centuries AD in Greece and he wrote these like little moralistic stories Mm -hmm. and actually many of them weren't translated into English right away. Mm -hmm. Oh, So like the most famous ones were, but there are some like weird, much lesser known ones. I think like this one, because I hadn't heard of it Mm -hmm. either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. And it's very Greek to have like nature in there. So it's very believable to me. Yeah. But I have to hear the other three. Mm-hmm. All right. So, star-crossed lovers number two. Jinya and Gyeongnu, the weaver girl and cowherd. From Korea. From Korea. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, this story is originally Chinese. At least our oldest sources of the story are Chinese. But many, many, especially East Asian cultures, have their own version. So, this is the Korean version because I can say the names. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, what happens? Jinyo and Gyeongnu are the weaver girl and cowherd. So Jinyo, she's the daughter of the Sky King. So mm-hmm. she weaves all of the clothes for all of the people inhabiting the sky. Wow. Well, one day her father was like, you're kind of lonely. It's time for you to get a husband. So he marries her to Gyeongnu, who herds cattle through the sky. And they are like smitten. <laughs> They're super in love and... They are so happy and having such a great time together that they neglect their duties. Uh So now all of the sky denizens are going naked and the cows are running (laughs) rampant. Oh no! So the sky king separates them and he puts them on either side of the Milky Way or the Silver River. And they are separated and they're so miserable that they cry and cry. And that brings the rains in this month. But once a year, the magpies and ravens take pity on them and fly to heaven to reunite them on Chilsok for one day. Hmm. They get to be together again before they're separated. And these figures in East Asian cultures and Korea, they represent what in Western tradition are the stars Altair and Vega. And these are real stars in the sky. And in the... Summer-ish months, when Chilsok usually is, they are both visible on either side of the Milky Way in the Ah. sky. So you can actually see the lovers separated. So they're literally star-crossed. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's pretty clever. I mean, first of all, I applaud the king. Like, he was a very moralistic (laughs) king. Like, you know, hey, you might be my daughter, but you still got a job to do. Yeah. Uh, You know, if you ain't doing it, like, you know, busy wasting your time. You gotta pay for it. Yeah. Well, uh, I like how he's like, room. you're lonely. Yeah. Let me give you a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're really only into this partner now? Okay, well, take it away. <laughs> what do you think was gonna happen? Yeah, that's I feel very like that's interesting. That's the story of like every Indian parent because they're like chasing their kids to get married and then they're like, oh, you never call home anymore. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, I'm busy. I'm <laughs> my own family <laughs> now. Start your family. <laughs> how dare you? Yeah, how dare you? That's very interesting. I have never heard of the cowherd and the weaver. Mm. 
Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting story. It sounds very real. Mm-hmm. And that's where the trick part is. Like mm-hmm. sometimes when it gets too real, then you're like, yeah, then it's a work of art. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know. You lived in Korea. Have you heard these names? Yeah. <laughs> I have not. I, I was wondering if Tanner would remember yeah. these. No. Do you remember Chilsok? That sounds familiar. You're thinking of Chusok. Chusok is a different holiday. Yeah. yeah. But it refers to the same thing. They're each their numbers moons. Ah. So Chilsok is the seventh. Mm. I thought it was seven something. I was like, okay. So that explains why it's in the summer. And you said it's like East Asian. So this is the Korean version specifically. The Chinese version is older as far as we know and has some small differences. Okay. But this specifically is the Korean version because I could read the Korean. Yeah. And Tanner and I lived there. Uh Yeah. So the names to me sounded immediately Korean. Yeah. For sure. I did not recognize them, you know? And so if she made this up, then she did a lot of good research because she connected it to these very real sounding, like Chilsock. It's a cool story. Yeah, no, it's a good story. I I believe that it's a story of this. Yeah, it's one of those stories. Like, I want it to be true. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a very unique story. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, we still have two more to go, so. Yeah. All right. So, star-crossed lovers, number three, Pedro and Inesh. This is a real life pair. It's Portuguese. It is. So this is from Portugal. This is a real life story from the 14th century. At this time, Pedro, or Peter, he was the Infante, which is basically, in the Portuguese royalty, was the heir apparent. He was the prince. Mm -hmm. So basically, he's the prince, and he was in line to be king next. And he was married to Constanza of Castile in order to fortify the relationship between those two countries. But he wasn't a big fan. But her lady-in-waiting, Inês de Castro, he was in love with her. And he had kids with both of them. Sure. Oh, okay. (laughs) Constanza died in childbirth eventually. And so then Pedro was like, great, I'm going to marry Inês now. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay. Wow. Not the best husband, you know. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to marry Inês now. But the king, his dad, who is Afonso IV, he was like, no way. She's nobody. She's she's not a noble. She's You have to marry someone noble. So he's like, no, you can't marry her. But Pedro wasn't having any of that. So he and Inej went and lived as if they were married with their three children. And the king got really sick of that. So he ordered Inej murdered. And she was reportedly murdered in front of her children. Oh, no. And so Pedro never forgave his father and led an uprising, became king himself, Pedro I. And so he ordered Inej's murderers to be executed by ripping out their hearts. Oh, wow. Because he said that they broke his irredeemably, so he would break theirs. Wow, that's hardcore. Yeah. And he declared that he had actually married Inej secretly. So he declared that she was the queen, had her reburied, and named the only posthumous queen of Portugal. And they were eventually buried next to each other. And you can actually go see their real graves. Wow. That is quite the story. I'm thinking this is an episode from Game of Thrones. You have these kings and princes, the secret weddings. But it's also 14th century, so anything's possible, (laughs) really. I'm like kicking myself like, oh, how do I not know Portuguese history? Oh, well, it's the 14th century. I don't know crap from 14th century. 
How many times have you been to Portugal yeah. dinner? <laughs> but, but wow, okay, this is like I really like the story. No, it's good. It has a build up. The plot is nice. Yeah, there's trauma. There's yeah. emotions. There's heartbreak. I like it. Just like a Bollywood movie or an episode of Game of Thrones, a play by Shakespeare. Exactly, exactly. Shakespearean play. <laughs> Very much. Yeah, yeah. But the names do check out. Yeah, they are Portuguese names. Sure. I mean, the setting is perfect yeah. for it to be a fake story. I'm very, very skeptical. Of this yeah, I, yeah. The first two were relatively convincing, but sure. this one. I really like this story. Yeah, I mean, the story is great. All right, hmm. one more to go. One more. Star-crossed lovers number four, Christian and Satine. These two come from a work of fiction. Okay. It's set in the early 20th century in Paris. Satine is an actress and courtesan who meets struggling writer Christian when she accidentally mistakes him for her client, who is the Duke of Monroth. They fall in love. Mm -hmm. And in order to spend time with her, Christian convinces the theater owner to let him write a play for Satine to star in. The Duke finds out that Satine has been spending time alone with Christian and tries to have him killed. It is unsuccessful. Satine performs the show so triumphantly. The crowd goes wild. Christian helps. He has to actually take part. But in the end, neither the Duke nor Christian gets Satine. For at the end of the show, she dies of consumption after the final act. No. And that's the truly end of tragic. The story. <laughs> she never gets to be with anyone in the story. Nope. Oh, man. Except the duke i guess for, for a while for money for a while. yeah yeah wow okay another tragic end sounds very familiar a very very familiar yeah. very familiar like i'm there the like, names don't jog my memory but yeah the, but the context the context and the, and the, the plot. setting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The theater mm-hmm. thinking it's the phantom of the opera mm. I don't know any characters from that movie, and I've actually never read it, never seen it, but I know right, parts. Right, does sound but, like... Oh, man, it is a thick plot. Yeah, there's actually a lot more going on that I just ignored. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was bet. like, this is not the yeah. lovers, this is the love story. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. It's very different from the other three stories. Yeah, very different, it's yeah. It's not f- exactly for love, like you're married to someone already and you fall in love with someone else. And it's not exactly eating a bush of rhododendrons. <laughs> <laughs> but Phantom of the Opera, I'm trying to think. It's That's not. not. It's, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm inclined to believe that it's a real work of fiction. No, it's there somewhere in the back of my <laughs> mind. Okay, I can't think about Sounds it. Sounds so familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really tough. We have our work cut out for us here. Yeah. <laughs> Before we decide which pair of Starcross lovers is your own creation, could you repeat the four pairs for us and we can decide? Yes. Star-crossed lovers number one, Lagos and Rodora. Star-crossed lovers number two, Jinya and Gyeongnu. Star-crossed lovers number three, Pedro and Inesh. And star-crossed lovers number four, Christian and Satine. Wow. One of those... Pairs I invented. Hmm. Which one are you thinking is not real? It's either two or three or four. <laughs> you fully believe the hair in the red? Yeah, I think, I think that's a cool one. That's a cool one. I want to say that's real. Yeah. Which one are you thinking? I 
believe number one yeah, also. Okay, so good. <laughs> I good. like that one. <laughs> good. I agree that the Pedro and Inesh one sounds a lot like Game of Thrones. Mm. It really yeah. makes me question that one. And the Christian Satine one, the last one, it really sounds familiar. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's maybe one of those two. I think number three is Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with number four, though. Okay. Just because I think she's playing with us a little bit by not giving us all the details. Because mm. I think she has something in mind. It's not from Pokemon, but mm. it's something like she took two characters from something and she and made, the up the story. made up the story. Yeah. And that's why not the title. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I like how you're thinking about this. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. It's either three or four. Yes. Okay. We've yeah. narrow, narrowed it down. <laughs> yes. Either way, we do. Okay. Great. Right. Three it or four. Better not be Asa. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be funny. Yes, the lie is number one. God. Yeah. Okay. All right. The All lie right. is number one. No <laughs> way. No way. No way. This is, oh my oh, God. That disaster. is insane. <laughs> wow. Wow. I did so not see crazy. that coming. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, me knew. I was like, Oh, wow. wow. I'm sorry I've betrayed <laughs> you. <laughs> wow. I cannot believe that. That, that was well done. Okay. Oh, no way. Do you want me to explain? Please, please, yes, please, okay. please You please. have to enlighten us. Yeah. Christian and Satine yeah. are the main characters. They really don't have last names in the movie Moulin Rouge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. That's Moulin Rouge. She's a yes. courtesan. Yes. He's a writer. Oh, yeah. And then she dies of yeah. consumption the in the theater. Yeah. Oh, it's impaired. Oh, I <laughs> also, do know that one. That's from Moulin Rouge. Crap. That's why I did not write that. That's I have a to work watch that fiction. Movie. Yeah. All of that was the real movie, but it's Moulin Rouge. Yeah, Pedro and Inesh is real life. And apparently, as far as like history sure. says, no, it's totally you. real that no. those yeah, wow. guys had their hearts mm-hmm. ripped out. That's amazing. But when you were reading that, you noticed all the similarities to Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. But it kind of sounds like maybe George... R. R. Martin he, took it from He probably, heard the story and then... the other way it. around, I yeah, think. Yeah, 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 probably. For sure, for sure. So the lie is Lagos and Rodora. Rhododendrons are not native to... Greece, oh, so Aesop could not have known that they existed. Yeah, but sure. it's such a Greek name. It is Greek. Yeah. This is a funny story. So it's Greek for rose tree. Rhodo is for like rose, and dendron means tree. But it was originally the name for oleander. Oh, the mm-hmm. Romans took this Greek name, and in Latin, rhododendron came to mean this plant, which is mostly from South and East Asia. Though there are some native varieties in the Americas as well. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! They brought them to Europe. Mm-hmm. Just definitely not Greece. Yeah, not when Aesop was yeah. alive. Yeah. And then because oleander are poisonous and rhododendrons are poisonous, they used that name. So it is a Greek name, but the plant did not exist in Greece. Wow. Oh, makes sense. And wow. Do rabbits really eat it? No, it's poisonous to them. So the story wouldn't have even happened no. and so he couldn't have written I it. I just came up with the idea because I was like... It was really hard to think of something that wasn't a thing already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I was going to have like, they're secretly brother and sister, but then there's like, okay, there's Star Wars... What about plants? Because I was thinking of Greek mythology where yeah. I was like, okay, I'll start with what are plants that hate each other? They don't grow uh-huh. together. Uh-huh. And then I couldn't find anything like that. And then it was plants to scare away rabbits. And I was like, okay, perfect. So it's a rabbit Ooh, and nice. a plant that, the oh, okay, that sounds like Aesop's fable. And that's, yeah. I just nice. went, went from there. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I love that way of thinking too. Uh-huh. Like they're star-crossed because yeah. it drives them away. Sure. Oh, nicely nice. done. Yeah. Nice. I should have known. (laughs) Yeah, I should have known. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the I Should Have Known podcast. We'll be continuing with our anti-Valentine theme with more tragedy and heartbreak. And I hope you weren't as heartbroken as the boys <laughs> with this episode. And as always, thanks for listening. It's a naked stampede. <laughs>